Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome to today's podcast in which I'm joined by Michelle from Detroit. And we were just talking just before the recording started that I've got a couple of friends in that area and generally they're involved in uh, the motor industry. So uh, I'm sure there's a bit of commonality there with Detroit. Michelle, you've put here in the bio that you have a unique background in communication and leadership, coupled with over a decade in entrepreneurship and organisational management. Michelle, listeners, has travelled the world helping individuals and organisations learn the skills necessary to create change and behave more intelligently. Using a blend of experience, research and behaviour-based skill development, Michelle helps break complex concepts, I suppose, yeah, concepts, I'm just reading it right there, into usable approaches to improve outcomes. And we'll talk a little bit more about those complex concepts being a bit short tongue that's two c's that are too hard to get my my teeth around but um, you say here that you've got a personal and authentic speaking style that motivates and empowers participants to move past self-doubt and implement the changes that they want to see and listeners i know we're going to be into a for a real treat today because it says here in a quote that somebody said about michelle is that she is a talented outgoing and effective coach who is leading the charge, okay, that's really important, who is leading the charge for the next generation of leaders. Great to have you on today's podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you, you say you're, you're, you're in Detroit there. Is, is there any sort of industry that you're connected with in the area? Or do you work with lots of different industries? Tell us a little bit more about the, the sectors that you work with. Yeah, so we work um, with a variety of sectors. Um, what we really focus on is this concept of behave intelligently, which okay. uh, so that behavior really comes down to people. And so it doesn't matter what industry that you are a part of, you deal with people on a daily basis. And it's all about improving your behaviors and influencing other behaviors in a group. That being said, we are in Detroit, so we naturally uh, do a lot of work in the manufacturing sector. Uh, We do work with auto companies um, as well as some other manufacturers, but we also work a lot in the nonprofit sector. Oh, really? Okay. Yep, because uh, people management, the, the people who go into nonprofit sectors are very, very passionate and they're passionate about the cause that they support. But a lot of times that inner organizational team concept like that can be somewhat challenging. And so we're brought in to help them navigate that as well as we uh, work a lot with nurses and social workers and real estate agents, surprisingly. So, so I mean, that's a real mix of different purposes and different reasons that people have for doing what they do as well, isn't it? And I know exactly. people in business should have a purpose and a why, but you know, in those kind of organisations, you 
mentioned, there's an next level of purpose and determination, isn't it, to achieve that purpose? So, yeah, great. Well, look forward to hearing that a little bit more later on then. So let's get into the, the general questions of the podcast here. You've got a, a flask uh, that listeners, I know you can't see, but I can see here. So tell us what's in your flask today and a little bit more about why you're drinking that. Yeah, so uh, it is still pretty much morning here in Detroit. So I am still working on my coffee this morning. Good. Um, I've already a couple of meetings so i have a giant cup of coffee that's been getting me through um but yeah just to start the day keep going i guess and, and how how do you take the coffee when it's in the flask is it is it black is it with cream give us an idea of how you take your coffee so to be honest i prefer cream. i can drink black coffee but when given the choice you know, you only live once, treat yourself, put a little milk in it. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I must admit, I, I've, I've been drinking way too much coffee this morning in my meetings. And I've had a couple of meetings in coffee shops and some of the coffee there was really, really strong. So the last mm -hmm. meeting I had earlier on, I, I had a very unusual coffee for me because I normally drink my coffee black and I had it as a, as a latte. And I did have to actually have to ask them because I felt so guilty about having a latte and having milk in it. I said, can you put me an extra shot of coffee in there? And it just almost <laughs> helped with the guilt of putting milk in it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I can understand that. So if you've got a, a favorite place to go for your coffee, if you're going out for your coffee, is, have you got a favorite place or a, a favorite coffee shop that you go to? Yeah, so when I used to uh, live in downtown Detroit, they had the best little coffee shop bakery um, and now that I've moved away, it's a special treat to go there. It's called Avalon Bakery, and they hand make all their bread and sweets. And they have, I don't know, they, it's also a, almost like a community gathering space. So there's yeah. always interesting conversations going on and all the event flyers on the wall. And it's just a great little place to talk and enjoy your coffee and get it, you feel it's a small independent business, so I can justify getting a bakery sweet treat and be like, oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm supporting the local businesses. Yeah. You're right. Instead of yeah. asking myself, do you really need this right now? Yeah. Well, I think I think myself and the listeners have all just learned a very valuable thing there. If you're trying to justify the calories, justify it by spending on local businesses. Yeah, exactly. Then you still feel good about yourself too. Yeah, yeah. There's the lesson. We've taken that away. That that's it. <laughs> we 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 can just finish it right there. Um, but coming back to your business, and uh, I know in some of the other information you sent me, you said you've got a a passion for assisting people and organisations to discover that the aha moment. What's been that sort of moment for you? in your business you know what what have you been working on what what's been your aha moment in your own business yeah so i want to say end of 2018 2019 um we were doing a lot of organizational work and um coaching and we were really trying to use a variety of different assessment methods to help kind of dive down into what was going on in these organizations. But 
we were having difficulty finding one that really was giving us the results that we wanted. We focus on behavior and so many of them were personality assessments. Sure. So we started working on trying to, since we couldn't find what we were looking for, of making our own. Um, and at the outset, it was really, like I said, to be externally focused, to help us with um, our other programs. And we ended up developing a program uh, called Behavioral Elements. And the real aha moment came when we realized that through developing the program and beta testing it, how much it improvisation and really allowed us to see what behaviors we had and what challenges were existing, um, but come up with a solution focus instead of, well, that's just how that person is. It's no, that's how that person yeah. is behaving. And this is why they're behaving that way. And how can you address these points of conflict in a really not about their behavior instead of it being personal and negotiate these out, communicate better, all these things that we were talking to other organizations about, but not necessarily having a, de a definable way of how yeah and just how much that has elevated the way in which our company operates but now we're able to take that into other organizations and i my big focus all the time when i come to coaching and training is that knowledge without the ability to apply it is just education, right? Yeah. It, whatever you do has to be usable so that that way it is that solution focus. Um, and this became something that we can, we used, we saw as a solution and it's very easy for other organizations to understand it and start using it. Yeah. And I love when I go to an organization and they're immediately using the language because mm. that's the very first step that Oh, you're you're getting it. There's that retention. You're understanding the concepts, and it makes us. It's it's a proud moment. Like you you can actually see the impact that you're making, and yeah. that you're helping in some way. And and you you said something quite interesting there at the beginning about the fact that you developed this uh, behavioral elements uh, sort of product, and it made you look at your own behavior and i know certainly when you know, i've done all kinds of personality profiles and things in the past and you know, i know other people that have done them recently one of the things i do find that stops people actually doing them and taking part in these kind of things is that fear that not only will i see other people's behaviors but actually i'm going to be looking in a mirror and sometimes yeah. they don't like that, do they? They don't like the way that it actually even subconsciously makes them think about their own behaviours mm -hmm. and their own personalities and their own profiles. Do you, do you see that in anybody that you work with, that there's a bit of a resistance to that from that mirror? Yes. Yes. So anytime that you're causing someone to do that self-assessment to an extent, mm. like it, it can make people feel vulnerable. But the one thing that we do try to impart a lot is that one of the main differences between this behavioral elements assessment and something more like a personality assessment, you know, your personality is pretty well 
according to the science, pretty well set by yeah. age six, right? Unless something traumatic happens, you know, your personality is your personality and it's pretty static and unchangeable. Our behaviors, on the other hand, are always changing and they're never good or bad. There's just positive outcomes and negative outcomes depending on the context in which you're exhibiting that behavior. Yeah. So there is no good or bad behavioral assessment. It is, and it's, it's, are you using it in the most effective situation? But there is also this undercurrent of we can change and we encourage you to change and it's not supposed to be static. And as we grow, as we learn more, the idea is, is that you can change your behaviors to match the outcome that you want to have. And so the control is back with the individual as opposed to it. This is how you are. This is how you yeah. always will be. Here are your strengths and weaknesses. There's this almost, these are your strengths and weaknesses right now. And here's how you can capitalize on your strengths. And this is how you can, you know, make up for weaknesses or grow your weaknesses until they become strengths. Yeah. So we try to make sure that everyone kind of leaves with that sense of empowerment as well, that there's no, there's no good or bad. It's just different. And it's interesting because, you know, you said there you help people discover their aha moment. I think there's probably a lot of people listening to this that have just had that aha moment right there because you're absolutely right. You know, the, the saying of a leopard can't change its spots is not the behavior of a leopard. That's its personality, isn't it? That's that's it, the skin that it that it's in. But its exactly. behavior changes with its environment and the choices that it makes. Yeah, I, I love that. Now. Obviously, this has made a difference to you and your business. And I said, you know, somebody has quoted you as being leading the, the charge for the next generation of leaders. How has this new development and what you've been working on helped you fulfill that, that charge for changing leaders for, for the future? Yeah, so I do um, a lot of work within an organization that focuses on uh, young people's leadership development. And so I have been able to leverage my passion for training and coaching and, and assisting people in their skills development through this organization in which it's the population is pretty like membership is 18 to 40. So while I can still do and do a lot of work um, in the corporate through my company um, with clients, I'm able to also do similar things for a population that is, you know, just starting businesses or entering the workforce or finding, you know, their career footing that first couple of years where they are starting to move up the ranks into leadership yeah. and hopefully creating some of that behavioral intelligence so that their organizations, they're coming in, even if I'm not touching their organization, I was able to help them and then they go in and can help yeah. that organization or that group, both personally and professionally, right? Yeah. Organizations don't just mean where your workplace, they can be your family, they can be a social network or group or another, you know, a different 
organizations that you volunteer with or something. Yeah, yeah. And it, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting you talked about age because, you know, this is a story I've never shared on a podcast. But, you know, my starting coaching, I did a coaching qualification back in the very early 90s. And I was in my early 20s and I was given an opportunity to set up a new department. And I think I was probably, I want to say 21-ish, 2021. And suddenly I was given this team of 10 people who were all in their 50s to manage and to lead because this was a new department. I've got to give them a vision and mission. So I decided you know, I've got to learn how to do this. So I did team performance coaching uh, with the local university to get those skills up and running. And you mentioned there about young people becoming leaders because I had a lot of pushback in saying that you're not old enough to be a leader. You know, mm -hmm. you, you need to, you, why have you taken this on? You need to be in your 30s and your 40s because, before you can lead a team. What would you say to those kind of responses? Because I'm sure there are listeners that either have that opinion in their organisations that perhaps the, the, the owners of the business are pushing people too young to become leaders in the business. But there are also probably listeners who are those young people who want to be leaders that perhaps are getting pushed back because of age, what would you say about the the age aspect of that? Yeah, so I think that a lot of that mindset comes from this idea that we learn these skill sets solely from experience and that experience only takes place in the workplace. So therefore you have to have been part of the workforce for 30 years in order to have had the same experiences as the people that you're trying to lead but leadership skills are something that don't need a title right you can practice leadership skills from the very entry level of a workplace and they don't necessarily have to come from the workplace so you know, our experiences within university or secondary schools of taking on group leadership or running projects and learning project management, yeah. the skill sets of leadership come down to some of more of those soft skills. Like, do you know how to talk to different people? Can you use influence as opposed to authority? Can you bring a team together? Can you define a vision and motivate people to use their skills to execute to the best of their abilities. These don't have to come from being a manager or a team lead and be at a certain level of a hierarchy. And I find a lot of times that that mindset is because that was their experience. That's how they moved up in the organization that they felt that that was their only opportunity. So if you are a young person looking to improve your leadership development skills, that's something that the, the power is within you. Seek out opportunities to do so outside of the workplace, whether it is something like a formalized organization that focuses on leadership, or it's seeing a problem in your community and gathering people together to help solve it, right? It's learning the skill set and then practicing the skill set. And there's also a certain level of understanding that, you know, the people in your organization that may have that mindset 
telling them otherwise is not necessarily going to convince them. It's about showing and demonstrating that competency and, you know, that you deserve a seat at the table and you can make it happen. Um, That is always going to be a far more convincing argument than I, I can be a leader. Yeah. Be a leader, demonstrate leadership, show you're a leader, and you will win people over to your side eventually. And and that in itself is leadership, isn't it? You know, that demonstration of leadership. You know, too many people give themselves a you know, a nice badge on their lapel that says leader, but actually it's just a it's just a label. You know, they're not demonstrating that leadership at all, is it? So yeah. yeah. So so I think that's a, a great tip. And I wish I'd have had a conversation with you at the time when I was doing that because you know, I certainly did push back and contradict people. And, you know, I realized that, yeah, it was about trying to learn the skills, which was great, but it definitely set me on, on the path that I'm on now. So uh, great. If people want to connect with you, uh, Michelle, and find out more about you and, you know, what you have on offer, where's the best place for them to go to reach out to you. You've given us some insights, and of course we're gonna ask you to share a tip or lesson with the listeners in a moment, but how can people connect with you and find out more about you? Yeah, I would encourage, um, if you'd like to reach out to me, LinkedIn is probably the easiest and um, best place to find me, and I can share any specific resources or links for some of the things that I've spoken about at that point, but, I'm a little bit lucky that my name isn't so common. So if you just search it, you'll find me. Yeah. So it's Michelle McGran, and that's M-C-G-R-A-N-N in the surname. Yep. Yep. Great. So listeners, you know where to go and uh, take a look and reach out and find out more about Michelle, but also find out more about the charge that she's on for the next generation of leaders. I want to ask you one one other quick question before we go on to the the tip that I'd like you to share. Are you seeing anything different in the leaders of today compared to the leaders perhaps of the past? Is there anything that you're noticing different in their behaviours or their skills? Uh, it'd be great to get an insight because you know we've gone through such a a time of change globally. Yeah, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. interested to see if that's had an impact on on leaders and leadership at all. Yeah, so, you know, I'm seeing a trend more towards this idea of decentralization, right? Less hierarchy, authority-driven group project type tasks and leadership more being dispersed um, throughout at the same time as it's empowering to every individual it can also be somewhat of a change where you suddenly find yourself you know an expectation of having leadership skills or taking the lead on a project when before um it may not have been assigned to you until you had you had more tenure um i also see a lot more of a collaborative sort of crowdsourcing approach to future initiatives. They're not necessarily coming from top down anymore. It is an encouragement and this is a positive development that 
everyone should have a voice in the organization for where you're going or what you're doing. Yeah. And so we're being called upon, every individual is being called upon a little bit more um, to be involved, to vision what they'd like to see and their voices are being heard a little bit more, which yeah. is, like I said, a positive development in my mind. It's interesting, as you were talking there, you know, I was reminded of one of my favourite books uh, and I want to get the guy's name right, I think it's Jeff Sutherland, Scrum. Mm -hmm. uh, and he talks about you know everybody having that input, everybody you know, helping mm -hmm. each other and that collaboration and that, that flatter level of getting the job done and achieving the, the, the mission is really, really important, isn't it? And uh, you know, whilst everybody in the rugby team has their part to play, when you're in the scrum, it's heads down, shoulders in, and everybody's trying to move the ball one way. And I'm not a ball sport fan. I'm a I'm a ice hockey fan and a motorsport fan, but you know, even I can grasp that rugby analogy in some way. So uh, no, one hundred percent, and that's what we're seeing too. So yeah. good, good. So that's 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 great. Uh, so if you could give the the listeners a a tip to take away. Michelle today something they can do something with something that they can implement as you said you know getting the knowledge is one thing but let's let's try and give them something that they can implement what would you say that you would like the listeners to take away from today's episode I would say that my best piece of advice is to you know it, it's kind of uh a lot of people say it, but it's really kind of hard to live is to fail fast and fail often. Like, you know, it's, we should always keep learning. We should always keep growing. But I find, you know, even for those people who kind of embody that, there's mm -hmm. this fear of perfectionism of, okay, how do I implement it? How do I try? And what if it doesn't work? take those learnings, you know, take a online course, read a book, and then try to implement it. And yeah. if it doesn't work, examine why it didn't work and try again, because that combination of learning with the application is what's going to give you that experience. And that's something that no one else can give you. That's you have the control within doing so you're empowered to try and try often yeah. you don't have to be granted it and i think i think there's something very important i was having a conversation with a coach this morning that's in in one of my groups and uh, we were talking about his absolutely necessity to get everything nailed the framework set up and it's paralyzing it's it's stopping the implementation <laughs> And very often, as you were talking about failure there, I see a lot of people, they over-exaggerate the failure in their own mind. And to them, it's a failure. And they're worried about it appearing as a failure to their clients that they're working with, perhaps. But very often, the clients don't see it as a failure. They see it as perhaps not the bigger win as it could have been, but they still see it as a win, not as a failure. And I think sometimes that view of it as a failure is in our own minds, and that can be quite paralyzing, can't it? Yeah, and it's a continuum. It's understanding that just because a, a phase is done doesn't necessarily mean that it's done done. And if we can conceptualize things as a phase, that leaves room for growth and innovation and doing better. 
and kind of relieve some of that pressure on ourselves that it needs to be perfect. It's going to yeah. be complete. Nothing's ever done. It's no, always no, a I, process. <laughs> and I used the example this morning of the iPhone. Yeah, we wouldn't be waiting for the release of the iPhone 14 and we wouldn't be on version 14 if they were still waiting to get it right and get it perfect, wouldn't it? You know, it, it just wouldn't exactly. happen. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. Great. Well, you've given us a great set of things to take away here. So I'm going to come to the final question. Okay. I'm going to give a slight different twist on this. Um, if you're going to have your next coffee uh, in a dream location with anyone of your choice that can be dead or alive, uh, obviously we don't want them there dead, but they could have passed away and it's somebody that you go back in history to. Where would it be and who would that coffee be with? So I, I feel like this is a little bit of a cop-out answer, but okay. I would I would like to be having coffee in um, some exotic European city that's not Detroit with my grandmother. So my I feel like everybody has a person in their life and my grandmother is my person. Yeah. She is the yeah. one that she is a very strong woman who raised seven kids as a single mother, but is also like the nicest person you've met. So nobody seems to realize that she's got a spine of steel under that as well. Yeah. And she is very much a grounding presence, gives great advice and is somebody to talk to, as well as she's never had the opportunity to really travel so oh, if, yeah. if i could have be in a historic city getting advice from my grandmother and have the opportunity to give back and show her a piece of that world as well perfect. i think that that would be a pretty perfect morning for me yeah yeah great and you know one i can you know i've been to a few places in europe because obviously that's on my doorstep so paris is okay you know paris is nice <laughs> okay. um but if, if I was, and Rome's okay as, as well, but one of my favourite plazas uh, and places to have coffee is Seville. And I know I'm pronouncing that incorrectly for the people who speak Spanish, because, you know, but I won't even attempt to, to do it in a Spanish uh, way. But yeah, Seville, yeah, would be absolutely amazing. It's one of my favourite places that I've, I've only ever been to it once, but it was one of those memorable places where I thought, wow, this is amazing. So yeah. That's Ticker there. That's on my list. I've only been to uh, Estonia, Latvia, and Switzerland. So I uh, want to expand. That's why I leave it indefinite. Some yeah, other yeah. European city because yeah. I want to see it as many as possible. Yeah. Well, I've never been to Estonia, so you've beat me on that one. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely go. And it's such a nice thing to say about your grandmother as well. And one of our previous podcast guests was a guy called uh, Dr. Troy Hall. And he's got an amazing book, which I'm listening to at the moment, called Fanny Rules. And that's about his mother, who was nicknamed Fanny. And he talks about the impact that she had on his life from childhood. And people like your grandmother there. And what's your grandmother's name? Just so we can give her a shout out in the podcast. Her name is Sharon. Okay, so Sharon, yeah. Um, yeah, you're very special and uh, you've made such an impact and I know you're going to make an impact on any conversations that you have with Michelle here as well. So yeah, what a, what a privilege to be able to do that. Well, Michelle, you've given us so much to think about, so many aha moments to take away. 
And fingers crossed what people have listened to from today will help you lead that charge uh, in the next generation of leaders and uh, change people's behavior uh, as well along the way. Thank you for being such a great guest and giving up your morning to be with us today. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help you be better aware, better educated and accountable. So go away, do something with what you've learned from this podcast. And I know you've had many awareness, many aha moments in today's podcast. And I look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.